one, two, one, two, one, two. Can you pick up my mic just a little bit, please? Por favor. Oh, that's the guitar. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Somebody said one, two. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of singers in this place. It's good. We're about to sing it to the Lord. Amen. This first song is called In Your Life. And this is the part of the song where we get to go, uh-oh, uh-oh. All right, just think it's like your favorite rapper, artist song, and I want you to sing it unto God because it's in this place. Amen. Amen. Okay, Holy Ghost, stick up. Just put your hands up in the air. Close your eyes nice and tight. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I love you. I love you. Lord, would you have your way in this time of worship? We love you. We're crazy for you. In Jesus' name, come on. Somebody say amen. Amen.
You're not some guy who's dead. 
just because God, we have nothing better to do on a flat day. We sing songs because we praise you, God. It's all worship unto you, Lord. We bless your holy name, God. Come on, have your way in every heart. Come on, if you just want that to have his way in your life, probably you've never done this before, where the worship's this intense. We believe that God's Holy Spirit, God himself, is in this place. He's so desirous to be with broken, desperate people. You come on, you may be saved in this place, but just like I'm desperate for Jesus. Come on. Oh, he's all I want. Come on, right now. We just lift your hands and say, Lord, kill me. I'm weak, I'm broken. God, I'm only human. But God, you came for me. You came to save my life. So God, I surrender to you. I lay it down, God. I'm gonna stop running, God. I'm gonna stop doing things my way.
things the Lord has brought me through. And in my times of worship, I used to be just like you, probably not just like you, but I used to be a youth group too. And when we came to these times of singing songs, I always thought that man, the louder I sing, the more that God would love me. Or maybe that if the pastor saw me sing, then maybe I'll be good and God will be happy. But what I forgot to realize at these times that when we're singing to God, He's a God that we can't see with our physical eyes because He's a spirit. But I do remember that when I came into these times, I thought I was searching to please somebody. Like, Man, maybe if the pastor sees me sing, I'll be good. It was never about that. But when I came into the place, I mean, I'm singing to the Lord. Let me tell you something. You come to church not for me. You don't come for the songs. You don't come for friends. But you come because there's a hope that Jesus Christ loves you. And when you come before him, you offer him your life. You offer him your heart. The same way you would give your heart to some guy who tells you that he loves you, and you look pretty. The same way you would give your heart to some girl who says, I'm down for life. It's the same way you give your heart to God. And the Bible says that it's his kindness that leads us to our repentance. Get this. He doesn't yell at you. He doesn't pull you by the ear. He doesn't throw a tongue at you. He doesn't spank you. He doesn't do all that. You know how he does it? He's kind to you when you don't deserve it. See, the Bible says that we're all lawbreakers. Every one of you. Doesn't matter if you're dressed nice today. Doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. We're all lawbreakers. We've broken God's law. So in his book, in his eyes, we're all sinners. We're all wrong. Now imagine that right now. If someone was wrong in your books, how much of the word and see justice you would have in your heart to see that person you know justice come to them in the same way we're lawbreakers against God we've sinned against God in our hearts and our minds and our actions and the things that we say and the Bible says that Jesus you know how he wins you over he doesn't come into the church and shout at you you're wrong you did all these bad things but he's kind to you you know how he's kind to you? He died on the cross. When you didn't deserve it, when you were still like, I'm still going to do it my way, he still died on the cross. You think that maybe after him knowing, he knows your heart, I'm still going to do this. Forget God, he still died. You begin to wonder, like, man, I don't get it. Like, I didn't love you the way you loved me. I don't get it. Why are you like that? It's because of who he is. It doesn't depend on you. So right now with all eyes closed in the place, it doesn't depend on you right now if you feel God or not, just in your heart. That's all we want in this place. It doesn't matter if you shout the loudest, you sing the loudest, you sing the greatest in this place. He just wants your heart in this place. We want it to come. Oh, we're going to see that again. Holy Spirit, come. We want it to come into our hearts. So if you want the Lord to come into your heart right now, come with all eyes closed, don't look around. Would you just begin to raise your hands in this place as a sign and say, God, I'm laying down my rights. God, I'm laying down the excuses of what I always used to say. A lot of the things that I saw go to church wrong, maybe my family said for grace. God, I'm laying down those excuses, God, because right now I have the choice. Right now you have the choice to come to the Lord and just give him your heart. So right now that's what we're doing. If you want to come on, just lift your hands up in the air. God, we return to you right now. If you may begin surrender, God, not because of what we did, we're lawbreakers, but because of your son, Jesus. You're too kind, God. That even though we sin, that even 
know we did wrong, God, you come to us. You don't wait, God, you come to us. We return to you right now. We give you our hearts. We want to call you this day. Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Come on. We just start confessing your sins. We just say, Lord, I can't forgive you for this. I repent for this. Come on, we come to you, Lord. If, if, if it doesn't sound good, 
You pick something. Alright. You pick something. Alright. When that ends, you pick something, right? Alright, sure. And then, you know, when I get up there, you know, like, lower the down. Yeah. I got you. I, I come in and I turn on these things, but I don't know generally what I'm doing. Yo, 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 good morning. Good? Do I sound good? Can you guys hear me? Lord, and just, and just in just the beginning, we work out in prayer and worship. 
Lord, Lord, I just thank you, God, for this, uh, for this crowd, God, for the people of yours, God. Lord, I just pray, God, as as I don't get much, Lord, that, that, that through him, God, and, and through your word, God, that, that your word pierces through our hearts, God, and, and that we recognize, God, and it doesn't go to one ear and the other. Lord, that we may, that we may set that we may set your word in our hearts, God. Lord, and let, and, and let us just recognize your glory. Amen. Amen. And you guys put your money here. Come on, hallelujah, put your money. Oh, you know, I keep doing that. Um, so one one announcement is super important. Uh, it's about rice. Alright. So if any of you guys need rice, uh, what we're gonna do it now is instead of coming and sending you guys, alright, who needs a rice? Whoever needs it, whoever needs a rice, you guys have to be at the doors. Uh, in the front, not outside, but at the front, at uh, at exactly nine o'clock. If you guys are there at nine o one, we're not gonna give you guys rice. So be there at exactly nine or nine fifty nine. If you guys want to be safe, I'll be there nine fifty eight. You know, just in case. If you guys are, what she said. Uh, and you know, don't be late. Let's give it up for Tito, the man. Doing spontaneous, just like off the spot. Like I do announcements, my man is a servant of all. Love him. Amen. I'm so glad you're here during worship. Y'all heard me say something funny about the end of the world, but how many of y'all know the world was supposed to end today? Okay. It was supposedly supposed to end, but we're still here, so I think we're all good. But um, before we start, let's just get into prayer, because guess what we're talking about today? The end times. We're talking about it, because we figure if the world's going to bring it up in some crazy way, us as Christians getting in the Word of God, because God, He created everything. I think He can be the one to say, hey, this is when it's going to end, amen? So we're going to get into the Word today and see what it has to say for us so that we know. So let's go ahead and bow our, bow our eyes and close our heads. <laughs> let's bow our heads and close our eyes, amen, in this place. God, we love you. We love your word, God. Uh, God, some people in this place probably don't read your word. So, God, we pray that your word would speak to hearts today, God. We know that we can never understand, get close to what you're saying yet, unless you make it plain to us. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that for every person that you open up our hearts, our ears, and our minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody say amen. Amen. Amen, amen. I title this sermon like this. It's at the end of the world, not... I kind of want to, y'all supposed to laugh at that point, I guess it was a point. <laughs> I was in my mind, I'm like, they're going to laugh, <laughs> Okay, but it didn't go so well. So, end of the world, not. So, we figured, like, man, you know what, all this hype, Facebook is a place where everybody goes and puts all their words. I literally saw, I should have taken, like, everybody's Facebook page, or, or rather post, and see what they were talking about, the end of the world, and how crazy, literally, they started to believe it. I don't know if they really believed it, but in the comments afterwards, I'm showing like, Okay, they're serious. Like, they're for real, for real, for serious. Somebody say for serious. For serious. That's how serious they were. And so I'm figuring, like, man, they got it all wrong. They got it all wrong. And I see some of the Christians, some of you guys be like, yeah, I got it wrong. So y'all know a little bit about the word, but the Bible has a lot to say about the end times. And sometimes when you get to the last book in the Bible, the book called Revelations, there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of things going on. They're just like, whoa, I don't understand what that means. Sometimes when people get saved, 
they started reading their Bible, right? Like they've never read their Bible before in their entire lives. So they said, man, I love God. I got saved. I went to youth group. I got saved to Elevate. I'm going to read my Bible. So the first books of the Bible they start reading is what? Genesis and Revelation. Probably Genesis is a good story, but Revelation is going to blow your mind. People get discouraged. But today we're talking about it. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And it's going to be the account of Jesus. Um, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And we want to hear what Jesus has to say about the end times. I think he knows a little bit one thing or two. Amen. Being he just only created. The Bible says that he spoke and came into existence. So I think he can be the one to tell us a little bit about some. So we're going to get right into Matthew 24, in the words of Jesus, uh, verse 3. Okay? And just some quick things before we get into that. I want to kind of understand a little bit. The title of the passage says what? What does it say? The beginning, right? Verse 24. Right there. It says right, right in big bold, signs of the end of the age. Some other version says signs of the end of the world. So it is talking about the end of the world, but so many times our understanding of what's going on and how we interpret that is so off. Just really quickly, when it says something like that, signs of the end of the age, signs of the end of the world. So many people today, I don't know if you, a lot of Facebook is where I'm saying that people are posting and what they're believing. They think that Armageddon is about to happen. Like a giant comet supposed to come, fires, everything exploded. That was people's idea of how the world was going to end. It wasn't going to end like, like it. we're going to die, it's going to explode like a star. But the Bible actually talks about that. Signs of the end of the age, signs of the end of the world. And when it talks about the end of the world, it doesn't mean the end of the world like a giant explosion, like the world dissolving, but rather the end of governments, of world governments as we know them, and the establishment of God's kingdom. Because when it's talking about that, it's talking about God coming back. See, some of us think that God is a fairy tale, like He only exists when we are make believe, and if we think hard enough, we'll start crying, and that's how we know that's God, because we're crying and we're emotional people. No! A lot of people. Hallelujah. See, emotional. See, I'm telling you, we can't talk about this without somebody getting emotional. Praise the Lord. But seriously, you have to understand this. We're not just people who come to church and praise God and just get excited and get goosebumps and shout because we like to, because there is a God, and He's in heaven. He came to earth, He died on the cross. And he went back and he said before he left, he said, I'll be back. And God doesn't lie. He's not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. And he's going to keep his word. So when he comes back, some things are going to happen. But before he left, he's talking here in Matthew 24 to disciples. Because his disciples ask him, Jesus, when are all these things going to happen? When are you going to come back? See, Jesus doesn't give him an exact time. See, Jesus is right up like, hey, May 3rd, that's my birthday, 2025. He doesn't say things like that. Sometimes we look in the Bible like, man, how come he doesn't tell us the exact day? You know, sometimes prophecy, that's what it's called. Like, man, what's going to happen in the future? Prophecy is so vague. And we wonder, like, man, I don't understand this. Wouldn't it be just easier if God told us, like, hey, look, it's going to end this day? But, okay, we got some time. But I believe some of the reasons why Jesus does that, God does that, is because... He wants every age to have a reason to be ready for Jesus to return. He doesn't want you to be like, oh, he's going to come over here so we don't have to live for God. So many people in their life, you'll meet them on the streets. They know about God. They've been to Catholic church. They went to Christian church. They went to clubs. They went to everything Christian, but they're not living for God. 
And it starts off in their high school years, and it goes off into their university and college, and they live their life, have families, and they want nothing to do with God. And you ask them, like, hey, are you going to give your life to God? How's that going? And they'll come back and they'll say to you, hey, listen, you know what? When I'm older in life, that's when I'll give my life to God. But it never works like that because it's a condition of the heart. You see, if a person can't come and say, I want God, and realize I need God now, because all these things are affected by that. See, the heart goes cold, the Bible talks about, and God gives them over. You know, so this is what I believe. The reason why I get so vague, God wants you to be ready now. He doesn't want you living it up. I'm going to go sin all I want. He wants you to be ready as if he's coming tomorrow. Amen. So let's go ahead and read the Bible. And let's see what Jesus is saying. Matthew 24, 3. It says it like this. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when this will happen and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. They're asking, like, hey, when is us all going to happen? And Jesus answers them. He says it like this, verse 4. Jesus answered, watch out now that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. For such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Somebody say birth pains. What is Jesus saying here? He answers their disciples' question. He doesn't give them a specific time. But he starts telling them, hey, listen, when everything is about to go down, I'm going to let you know some signs. When you can look out into this world... And you can see things are going down. Today, we have it more convenient when we can look around and know what's happening around the world. You know what it's called? Media. It's called news. It's going around every day. There's always news. Whenever you hear news at night, there's always something bad happening. I was listening to the news on the way here. There was a bus on diversity that literally crashed into about 20 cars. On diversity, by diversity and Kenzie, just shh, crashing cars. It looked crazy. I'm like, what in the world? I'm thinking to myself, People might have died. And when you see the news, it keeps you updated of what's happening, not just here in Chicago, but around the world. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, look around you. You're going to know I'm going to come back because you can tell these things will happen. And I'm asking you today, you probably never looked at news like that, like, oh, just news. I'm not so interested. But now as it pertains to the end times and everybody was talking about it, we're going to talk about it. Some of the first thing that Jesus is saying, what he said in verse, I believe, the first couple of verses, verse 4, he says, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Why does Jesus say that? He's God. So he comes to his disciples. Disciples are like, man, this is God. And he's telling them, listen, in those last days, people are going to come lying to you. They're going to try to deceive you. And for what it seems, they're going to be successful at it. The Bible says people will come and deceive you, and they will deceive many. A lot of people are going to believe it. They're going to say all these different things. And they're going to say, hey, you know, that's right. You know what I mean? I'll read you this note I kind of wrote. There have been times in history of the church when rash predictions, like yesterday, mine, all right, were made and relied upon and resulted in tremendous disappointment, disillusionment, and falling away. You know what happens when people say, God's going to come back, especially if someone in the church says, man, God's coming back in this day, and it doesn't happen? People start distrusting God. People say, man, I can't trust this God. That's what happens. Jesus says, beware, they're going to deceive you. The second thing that Jesus is talking about, 
See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass. The end is not yet. The kind of things that Jesus mentions in the Bible right here in this passage from verses 4 to 8 are things that have been happening since his ascension, since Jesus left this earth. He came to this earth. He came and he was born through the Virgin Mary, immaculate birth. He had no physical father because the Bible says that he came and the Lord came and, and uh, God had put him in Mary's stomach. So Mary didn't have a husband. They didn't get it on. Jesus came through immaculate conception. So what happened? He was born into earth. Think about that. God, creator, coming down to earth, inhabiting, living amongst us. And he came for a purpose to save mankind. And then before he left, say, listen, I'm going to come back. Beware of these things. Since the time he left, somebody say his ascension. Come on, say it like you're awake today. Say his ascension. His ascension. Come on. When he left, he said, these things are going to happen. I'm going to read them right here. False messiahs, wars, Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes have certainly been here. Jesus said, hey, listen, these things, false messiahs, Pablo, I'm saying his name wrong, all right. Pablo Pablo Coy, a guy in the Philippines right now, you probably never heard about him, but he has about 6 million followers. You know what he's saying? He's not selling shoes. He's not selling used cars. He's saying he is the Christ. He claims to be Jesus. And there are millions, check this out, millions of people following him who are worshiping. He'll come up dressed in all white in front of a church, in front of a stage, and they'll worship him. That's Jesus. And they even had their own TV show because they broadcast in the Philippines and they sent people all over. And they're interviewing people. Hey, do you think he's a Christ? No, that's Jesus. I know. I feel something special around him. He's God. He's God. Interview this guy. Do you really think you're the Christ? That you're God. I am. I am the second coming. Blasphemy. But the people would believe it. False messiahs. Wars. Famines. Pestilence and earthquakes. You know, recently, ever since Jesus left, those things have been happening. But more so as of late. If you guys want the information on how much more those things have increased. So within the past 200 years... It's incredible. Like, my gosh, it's happening more and more. What about Japan? What about that tsunami? Did you guys forget about it? Remember, it was all over the news that happened? Jesus said earthquakes would happen. This is not just one specific sign, but Jesus said, hey, look around for these things. If you see these things happen, hey, it's end times. I believe, personally, we are living in the end times. You see, one thing that the, the whole hype of the Mayan calendar, of like tomorrow's going to end, last day, what it did, it brought people to the knowledge like, man, hey, that's either true or not. And it brings people into question. It questions their morals, their beliefs, and especially God. And so we're going to talk about that. I don't know if you see the whole setup here in the church. Later today, what I want this to do, I want this to begin to stir up your hearts. Like, man, I have questions about this. So many of us have questions. And at the end of this sermon, after this teaching class, we're going to break up into guys and girls, and we're going to talk about it. So if you have questions, please save them, write them down. We're going to get to them. Amen? Jesus is saying all these things are going to happen. They're the beginning of sorrows. There's no specific sign. Collectively, they're all a sign. Amen? He literally called them the beginning of birth pains, of labor pains. Amen? Let's go to the Bible, back to... Matthew 24, we're going to read verses 9 through 14. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Verses 9 through 14. This is Jesus talking, and he says it like this. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and be put to death. Who's he talking to? His disciples. Who he's talking to? Just normal people. Hey, you're all going to die. He's talking to his disciples. He's looking them right in the eye. Imagine that Jesus, God, he keeps it real. He keeps it 100. Something say 100. He keeps it one. And he said, hey, listen, it's going to be all roses. I'm going to give you roses. I'm going to give you more roses. And maybe PS3s. And maybe you this. And maybe you that. Maybe some G's because you like those. He didn't say disciples. What does he say? Verse 9. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. I love Jesus. He keeps it real. He could have just said, hey, listen, if you follow me because he's insecure, then maybe I can be your friend. And maybe I can talk to the Father and heaven, the big guy. Maybe you can have a seat next to me. How about that? But he tells him, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. Doesn't it feel like you're a person people don't like you? And you love Jesus. They got upset. Like, Dang, I just love Jesus. What's that got to do with you? But you love Jesus. Anyways, verse 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets, there they are again, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel, somebody say this gospel. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. There are some things right there I want to go over and talk about. First thing Jesus talks about, I love him. He keeps it real. He keeps it 100. He says this. He says, listen, those end times, people are going to persecute you. People are going to hate you because of me. And if I was you, I was disciples that time, I'd be thinking to myself, why are we following you then? They're going to hate me because they knew you're God. You're real. This ain't no fairy tale. You're God. I'll give my life to it. But he's telling them, listen, those last days, this is what's going to happen. And many of us don't hear. We don't see it on the news. One thing the news doesn't do is talk about all the Christians who are persecuted around the world. People who give their lives for the gospel. You know what they're called? They're called martyrs. And they're dying. There's a statistic that I was in a class one time, world missions class, that every three minutes, a martyr is dying for Jesus. Every three minutes. Three minutes have been right since we've been here. Someone had died for Jesus. Think about that. Man, that's intense. You see, you don't even know about that. Like, Adam, you're lying. Prove it. In these countries where Jesus, the mention of God, Christianity, is punishable by imprisonment and death. Some of these places like Saudi Arabia. The places where Christianity is actually the last thing on people's mind and the main religion is Islam. People don't care. They're being persecuted. There's stories, you can look it up. There's a magazine that comes to my house every month. It's called Voice of the Martyrs, and it talks about all the things that are happening around the world, how the gospel is being preached, and how people are being persecuted. Women, when they give their lives to God, because you're a woman, they think of you less, and especially if you give your life to God. Some of the stories that they've had to gone through and how they suffered, being poured acid on their face. Their husbands, they couldn't kill them like, oh, so they would literally disfigure their face so that they would become unattractive their whole entire life. But these women, after being through beatings, acid, even the punishment of death, they're saying, I'm still serving God. And their testimonies would come through. You see, you don't hear about that at the 9 o'clock news. You don't hear about that. People don't care. 
But right now, the Bible is true. If you put your nose to it, if you are looking around, man, people are being persecuted. I'm sure you felt it in your high schools. I'm sure you felt it in your homes. Maybe you're not being put to death. Maybe they're not killing. Maybe you're getting beat up by the chancla. Amen. Maybe by the belt. Like, that's the worst that can happen to you. I'm still preaching Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But really, you may feel that back at the house. But be honest. You going to church now? Your dad may be an alcoholic. Your dad may not. What? You feel conviction around you and that person can't like it. Like, you know what? I'm glad that you're doing church. I'm glad that you're a part of that. But you know, after a while, it becomes like, why are you doing this? Because of conviction. So persecuted. Jesus said, hey, listen, this is going to happen. They will deliver you into tribulation and kill you. For the period after Jesus ascends to heaven and before he comes again, his disciples should expect to be persecuted. This is not the sign of this. This is not a specific sign of his return. Being persecuted, he said that. How about this? False prophets. There it was again. False prophets. What's a false prophet? You see, a false prophet is someone who comes in the name of all that is good, in the name of even God, in the name of, of change, in the name of peace, and lead you directly from God. They're false. They're prophets. They'll say, hey, this is going to happen. These things are to come. The Bible says in the last times, people are going to come up and tell you those things and lead you from God. And guess what? It's going to work. Isn't that scary to think about? People are going to come in. They're going to sneak up in the church. And, hey, guess what? But this, you know, God, he wasn't real. He just wants you to live how you want. You see, the, the feeling that you feel inside whenever you're around that girl, that's God. Like, what? That's God? Like, yeah, that's God. You know how you want to kiss somebody? You know how you want to get somebody back when they get back at you? That's God. Really? I feel that a lot. See, you know God. You don't have to go to church. As crazy as that may seem, I'm using the exaggeration of what can really happen. But guess what? There's false prophets out there. <laughs> there are false prophets out there. And they're deceiving many people. How about this? How about confusing myself? Jesus ascends to heaven before he comes again. The disciples will see many false prophets and their success. But this is not a specific sign of his return. False prophets, people who come and seduce. Let's take this a little further. Maybe someone who's not coming up and saying, like, hey, listen, I, I worship the devil. We can go like, hey, you got it wrong. I don't, I don't want to worship the devil. How about people who come in and seduce you? People who come and twist the word. People who come and pull you from God. Ever think about that? That's the way people can distract you. See, I believe that seducers are more dangerous enemy to the church than persecutors. Because they come in sneakily. And they'll seduce you. Like, hey, you don't have to do this, man. Discipleship. Jesus didn't say all that. He just said live your life. You can do whatever you want. You just believe in it. So you believe? Yeah. It's fine. You're good. They'll come and make it so appealing that they're lying. Think about it. False prophets are going to be here. They're here now. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Jesus said, hey, listen, in those last times, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. People are going to do crazy things you would never think about. Guys with guys and girls with girls. Unnatural relationships. All these different things. A man with a young girl. Oh, it's fine. It's okay. She consented. But she's 13. It's okay. We want to get married. Things you would never think about. Crazy. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. 
In the period after Jesus ascends to heaven, before he comes again, his disciples should expect to see society become worse and worse. This past Friday, what did we see? I'm not sure if you guys were in the news, but it was all over Facebook. What happened? A man comes in to an elementary school and kills 26, 28 people. Kills them. Who thought in his mind, and then at the end, he kills himself. Lawlessness. Jesus said, when you see that stuff, guess what? I'm coming soon. Do we think it normal that that thing would happen? And like, oh, that happens. That's fine. That, that's America. That's so not normal. Lawlessness. Society will become worse and worse, even for the Christian. But this is not a specific sentence. He's going to come back. How about this? Jesus said, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus said before the end comes, his gospel, somebody said his gospel, his gospel is going to go around the world. You see, not even famine, not even false prophets, not even persecution can stop his gospel. I'm excited about that, knowing I serve a God that even though all these things are happening, his gospel is still going to go out. But let this cause something to have you think. This is God's word. I didn't write that. I didn't make that up. Jesus come and he said, hey, listen, these are signs that I'm going to come back. Now, here's the question. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you? Should it? What impact does this have? Understanding what God is saying. Hey, look, there are some signs coming up. And if we be honest to ourselves, we put our head outside of what's going on in society and the world, that's messed up. You know, to be honest, most of us don't even get into the news as much, but if you look, you can see all the horrible things that are going on in the world. It's crazy. The other day I was on Facebook, and people started liking some crazy things, and there was this one video of a guy beating a little boy. I'm, I, I, I don't know why I was I'm clicking it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it was, I think it was my aunt. She'd be like, this animal needs to be punished, and what is she talking about? Like, literally, this grown man, probably with a four-year-old boy, He's yelling at him. He's, and he slaps him across the face. The young boy flies across the room. And he calls him to come back up. And he's saying different things. And I'll just see him pick him up. And he's punching the kid as he's picking him up. And then throws him on the couch. I'm like, ugh! That got me so mad. I was just like, I'm going to beat that guy. Where is he at? I'm telling you, there are things that are, are in this world that are so evil. The signs of the times. But sometimes we're just in our homes comfortable. Like, ain't nothing happening. Should it affect you? Should it cause you to do something? This is what we're going to talk about right now. Instead of having a normal altar call where we come and we pray, we're going to be praying, but I want you guys to think about and discuss it. Because if I know it all and I talk about it all, guess what? That's good for me. What about you? You're going to go out, you're going to face real life. As a matter of fact, you're going to go back. Some of you may face persecution. Some of you may face lawlessness. Maybe some things that are unevil may happen to you. Maybe you'll be confronted by somebody who's saying, hey, I'm God. You ain't God. You live in a box. I'm God. Like, you may have, that may happen. Don't believe him. <laughs> right off the bat, just don't believe him. My pastor has to believe you. But I want you guys to understand for real. Like, man, what is God saying? How should I respond? What, what effect does this have on me? Amen. So right now, just like an attitude of just going after God and seeking God, we're going to have the guys and girls split up. 
then probably some light music, maybe some worshipful music in the back. Let me have the ladies come over here. Let me have the guys come over here. All right, and we're gonna have some questions specifically designed to get you to talk. So we want to hear what you have to say, amen. And in closing, we're gonna end in prayer and fellowship and love on each other, amen. I love you.
crap. I'm like recording this whole conversation. <laughs> okay, now 